We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. KJ Podcast, my people. We are going to vent on a Monday morning. 49ers fans not feeling too hot about this football team. Not going to totally overreact. But there are some things that need to get pointed out. Week 5 NFL season, 49ers lose 28-18 to the Arizona Cardinals. Really an all-timer. One of the crazier, uglier losses in recent 49ers history. And that includes Chip Kelly. That includes Jim Tom Sula. The product we saw on the field resembled those regimes. This is not good news for Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. I want to start there. They're not on the hot seat at all. People calling for their jobs after year two is absolutely wild. They've had every bad break this season. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously, Jarek McKinnon. Matt Breida goes down today. O-line's playing banged up. Richard Sherman's been banged up. I mean, the injury situation is terrible. I will say the Cardinals had their top two pass rushers out today. Joey Bosa missed last week for the Chargers. At a certain point, injuries are not an excuse. Your football team should go and beat the 0-4 Arizona Cardinals. That didn't happen. I think everyone expected the Niners to take a step back when Jimmy G went down. Of course, this was not going to be a playoff caliber team. But to be one of the worst in the league, now that it's happening and it's unfolding, it's a little bit shocking. The positive momentum from last season is wiped away right now. There's 11 games left. They could... Straighten this thing out. I don't want to be all doom and gloom. But you take out last December, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are 2-14 and in San Francisco. The roster is completely very far away. I mean, the, the best example of why, look at Chandler Jones today wrecking the game, a pass rusher for Arizona. They're going to go 5-11, and but they even have a pass rusher that can wreck a game. Patrick Peterson 
made a play. He made a turnover and a huge return after it. Richard Sherman had a chance at an interception. It was a rare one. Things normally don't come his way. He missed that. Not blaming this loss on Richard Sherman, but I'm just saying the playmakers for other teams are stepping up, and for the 49ers, they're not. Five turnovers. It's self-inflicted. Blown coverage to start the game. Arizona called that out. They knew Colbert was going to be out of position. They had that dialed up from the get-go. 75 yards to Christian Kirk. Credit the defense. Josh Rosen looked terrible today. 10 completions. 2 of 12 on third down. He looked much better against Seattle last week. A lot of it was on him, but the defense played well enough to win. That's the frustrating part. For the first time all season, the defense played well enough to win. The offense shot itself in the foot. Drop passes tip passes at the line you finally get that touchdown there it's 14-12 and then the two-point conversion Kyle calls a screen pass to Garcon Chandler Jones bats it down there were plays to be made in the game the Cardinals made them it's it's just the way they lost the 49ers had been competitive and they hadn't shot themselves in the foot as much it'd be like okay they lost to the Cardinals but to run 92 offensive plays they're the first team ever in NFL history to have 30 first downs, allow their opponent to only have 10, and lose by double digits. That's not supposed to happen here. Times in the first half, it felt like a preseason game. I was tweeting out gifts of trash cans. The defenses really weren't that great. It was the offenses were so inept. And it's got to frustrate the shit out of Kyle Shanahan. It frustrates the shit out of me. I'm not a 49ers fan at all, guys, but they should be ready to play, and executing at a higher level. And this is the big question going forward here. The lack of execution, how much of it is on the players? How much of it is on Kyle? How much of it is on the front office who has really not upgraded the team a major amount since taking over for Chip Kelly and Trent Baalke in 2017? Listen carefully because I think this is the 49ers strategy. I think it was flawed this offseason. They tried to rebuild this offensive line with Weston Richburg and Mike McGlinchey, their investment in offensive line is not leading to wins. The run game looks a lot better. The O-line is definitely a top 15 to 10 unit in the league, and it's really not mattering. Other teams went out and traded for Marcus Peters, the Rams. The Bears got Khalil Mack. Their defense all of a sudden is arguably the best in the entire league. I don't think the 49ers know how to evaluate defensive talent. They overinflated what was in their own cupboard. They thought Eric Armstead and Marsh were going to be enough. We talk about that every week. Colbert has regressed. He looks closer to the seventh round pick than this revelation. Obviously, Witherspoon, I've been on this since day one here. He was going to get his ass targeted all year long. The big decision to invest in O-line, I love McGlinchey. Weston Richburg probably is a really good center. 11 games left in the season. Right now, that strategy with, what, $39 still in cap room? I get it. You're not going to correct everything overnight. Fans have to have patience. Six-year contract. Look at the injuries. I'm just saying, you got to be able to beat the Arizona Cardinals at home you got to be able to put together 60 minutes of decent football. They haven't played one complete game yet in five weeks. I really don't know how to accurately criticize Kyle Shanahan because of all the injuries right now. It's really a backup football team. C.J. Beathard 
is a top 50 quarterback in the league. Top 40 really on his best day. That's not much to work with. Alfred Morris was on the street before the season. Kendrick Bourne, Richie James had huge playing time today. Kyle is, he's basically got like, it's the fourth game of a preseason right now. That is his offense. It's really hard to criticize him, especially when the play calls seem to be dialed up correctly. Separation has always been an issue and it's going to be, the offense is not explosive unless it's a George Kittle run after the catch or a Matt Breida shake and bake. No one else has been making explosive plays. I mean, I did like use check in the passing game today. I've been calling that for a while. It's another way to move the football down the field. I thought that was effective. It's really hard for me to put the turnovers on Kyle if it's a dropped deflection from Garcon. C.J. Beathard holds onto the football too much. You can put that on Kyle because he spent a third-round pick on this guy. Should they have spent a third-round pick on a defensive player? So their strategy, guys, we're talking about injuries here. We're talking about their overall strategy of building the 49ers. They focused a lot on O-line. Fred Warner was their first pick in this draft. They were counting on Solomon Thomas to bounce back this season and not just be a waste of space out there. I'm going to continue to criticize them about Julian Taylor. They're just going to ignore that that Cowboys game happened in the preseason where he was he had an array of pass rushing moves. I get that Dallas was using backup O-linemen too. Some of their defensive personnel decisions have been infuriating. They inherited DeForest Buckner. Ruben Foster was out of a position a little bit today. He's still going through some growing pains. Haven't brought up my obvious point about this scheme. I don't like the Seattle scheme, especially when you have a seventh-round pick at the most important position, free safety. We all bought into the Adrian Colbert hype, including himself. I think him and Tart, Tart again, on and off the field today, is his body made for football. What is going into drafting these guys and what kind of medical evaluations do they have on everyone? I'm not going to blame Ray Wright and their strength and conditioning coach yet. They should look into bringing outside consultants to the, to the facility, if not fully staffed people, understanding injuries. Is it something they're doing in practice during the week? Is it the way they conduct training camp? Should it be less physical? I don't know what's happening with the injuries here, but it's, it's mind-numbing. I had a tweet, cancel the season. Like That's how I felt in the second quarter when Matt Breida went down. It's every single week, it's somebody going down. I'm not calling out the toughness of this team. This football's like that's I'm not gonna go there. Like I'm really not gonna go there. I think I'm a fair critic of this team. I'll point out warts for sure. I'm not gonna criticize guys for not being tough enough. Something is weird and fishy and it doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. The 49ers are the most banged up team in the entire league. They were last year too. Something's gotta be reevaluated. It's Really infuriating every week. KJ Podcast, Blue Wire Pods, 49ers Recap, Week 5. We're venting. I had a tweet. There was some pushback on it, too. What would the record be with Jimmy G here? He wouldn't have had some of the dumb fumbles today. Would he throw some interceptions? Possibly. You know, he probably beats the Cardinals. Last week, C.J. Beathard was not the problem in the loss to the Chargers. That Garrett Selleck dropped interception. Like, there's dumb miscues all the time. Joe Staley got beat on a strip sack and had a false start. He has not had the best start to this year. 
Kittle and Brita are the only ones playing up to their potential right now, and that's why the offense is really frustrating right now. They're moving the ball. They should have more points on the scoreboard. They have cap room. They have all these O-linemen. They don't have enough firepower. I was looking at free agent wide receivers. You're not going to want to sign Randall Cobb to an $80 million deal. All the other guys got locked up. You're going to have to look for a trade. Or you're going to have to pray Dante Pettis comes in the second half of this season and bails out this offense. My boy Eric Crocker tweeted that they need that bailout piece. They need someone they can go to and target 13 times a game and make a game plan around. They do not have that piece. Kyle overestimated Pierre Garçon's worth right now. So did I. His body's just been through too much. And he's still reliable and made a couple grabs today, but he can't be your number one piece anymore. I think he can even admit that when, when he's watching film. Corner, pass rusher, they could have gotten more help on this football team. Then again, I think they were ready to go 8-8 eight and eight with Jimmy G. See how it goes. Slowly build this thing. God damn it, Jimmy G, if you didn't go for extra yardage there. I mean, who knows? You, maybe he tears his ACL at another point in the season. But this thing got fucked when Jimmy G went down. And this is going to be a long season ahead, guys. That's the problem. Like, stay in there with me. I don't want to be overly negative. Really stay in there with me. But Packers next. On Monday night, if C.J. Beathard plays like he did, it it could get ugly again. Same with the Rams. I don't know why the NFL wouldn't flex that out, even if it's Dwight Clark night. I don't think that's going to get ratings, especially if the Niners get blown out by the Packers. Cardinals again, you're going to beat them on the road? Maybe you can string together a, a nice performance there. The Raiders do look shitty. Maybe you can beat the Giants at home. That's also a night game. God, the NFL... 49ers fans, me, Kyle, everyone was so ready for Jimmy G. And I think now it hurts even more. Like last week against the Chargers, wow, they were competitive. This week, oh my. CJ Beathard is who he is. We all see that. Pocket presence, you don't really develop that. You either have it or you don't at this point. He's taken, what, 10,000 snaps in his life at quarterback? Like, I get it. It's the NFL. It's it's freaking tough. That's going to be tough if, if, if a third-round pick there is a backup quarterback who's okay. That's going to be a third-round pick, a killer Witherspoon. I don't, he could be a backup on this team next year. There's no way he's your plan to start next year. You have to fix that cornerback immediately. That's one gaping hole. What do you do about Solomon Thomas? Do you continue to play him? He's making little to no impact. Look at even Christian Kirk for the Cardinals. Look at their draft picks coming in. Hassan Reddick. Had a great play. Blitz that forced a turnover late in the fourth quarter there. He was a first-round pick from Temple. Where are the impact plays on defense? Where are the turnovers? Where are the sacks outside of Cassius Marsh had one? Ah, it's frustrating. Uh, I don't know Solomon Thomas. I don't think you could trade him for a fourth-round pick right now. I I don't think anyone would give up a fourth-round pick for him. I never liked that pick. A lot of people never like that pick. John Lynch has to wear that one on the chin, and this team is reeling because of it. There's not enough impact players. Look at the Rams. Look at the Chiefs. Look at the Jaguars on defense. The 49ers have good pieces. Fred Warner is a good piece. These guys have ceilings. DeForest Buckner, he's been quiet for three weeks in a row. We got two praiseworthy of him. And all of a sudden, the pressures have calmed down a little bit. I know he had one or two. He was in there a little bit. But 
teams have been able to take him away. Again, the defense wasn't a huge problem against the Cardinals, but I'm just looking around at this team. The defense still needs a lot more pieces, and so does the offense. KJ Podcast, another huge storyline. Fire Robert Sala. I am not there yet. Change the scheme. Bring in new defensive minds. I don't, I don't want to call for his firing yet. I need to see at least eight games. And people calling for that today, really, Rosen was terrible. The defense didn't make any plays, but they just stood in front of him. He really was inaccurate. Couldn't find his right guy, even with plenty of time to throw. David Johnson didn't do much. The defense is going to watch the film and be like, you know what, we need to play like this every week. I don't think they'll be able to, but... Yeah, I'm I'm frustrated for you guys right now. I really am. Kyle said it all. I posted those two videos on Twitter. Mother effer. And he had another big sigh. I'm sure he's furious that the cameras were on him during that. I feel bad for Kyle. I really do. I'm a Kyle apologist, but he's gotten every bad break. The guys he has in there, there's a couple miscues every week that lead to a loss. The 49ers play well enough to win every week, but they, they just have weak links. Kendrick Bourne had a big drop on a third down, too. A couple guys that show flashes of potential, but they're just totally inconsistent. 2-14 and 14 without Jimmy G in December. That is this roster right now. It is close to Chip Kelly and Jim Tom Sula. It's not close to the Rams yet. Like It's closer to bottom 10 in the league than top 10. The offseason with Jimmy G, the rose-colored glasses we were all looking at this team with. We're putting those rose-colored glasses back away. This team has warts. This team needs to go to the dermatologist and get some things taken care of. Get polished back up. 11 games left. Like You've got to pray that like Colbert makes a turnaround. You've got to pray that someone steps up on offense like George Kittle has. He's not the only real receiving threat week in and week out. That wouldn't be shocking. If Dante Pettis came in and started making big plays, if somebody in the secondary besides Richard Sherman stepped up, you got to hope. you got to hope for some type of consistency. And it's still interesting. The fan base is torn. I threw out a poll right at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Do you want this team to win or lose? 50-50, on the dot, 500 votes. A lot of people have accepted it. Like, let's suck. Let's let the Niners be who they are, and let's try and get this draft pick. Let's try and really get this pick right. John Lynch hasn't proven that he can, but Jimmy G back next season. Let's let's suck for Ed Oliver. Let's get this piece, whoever it ends up being. The other fans want to see wins. They want to see the momentum from December. They want to, you know, 5-11, 6-10 would be an accomplishment. I see both sides of the coin. It's rare that I don't have a strong take. I, it would have been better for the 49ers to win today. It really would have. And to look forward to this Green Bay game. Now in the building, I've been in a building before. There's going to be more dread and panic about playing the Packers than there is confidence that they can rebound. It's on national TV. Confidence is very low right now. I just don't know how Kyle can spin it any other way. I don't know what type of mental coaching that they are doing in there. Do they need to be torn down more? That's just not Kyle's style. He's not going to be the asshole. He's not going to make everyone hate football. Telling quote, I mean, he said it's going to take two or three days to get over this, as it does every week. 
Wednesday they'll be excited for the game again, but they, they do have eight days to prepare for the Packers. I don't know if they need some time off. I, I don't know the correct way. Kyle's got to manage this team, not just the offense here. The psyche of the team is totally down right now. It's not his fault from a play-calling perspective. It's his fault because he's in charge of everyone and, and the team sucks. The 49ers are a top-five bad team in the league right now. They didn't make plays against the Arizona Cardinals. How are they going to make plays against other teams? The stadium was half-empty. Oh, God. I mean, it's it sucks. I was so excited for this season. We analyze this team. We dissect it. Here's where I'm at with Kyle and John Lynch. I haven't lost faith in either of them. I think eventually this rebuild can work, but I think there's a lot more pressure offseason number three. Win now has to be prioritized year three. You are not going to just be conservative, say, oh, we couldn't get a pass rusher. We couldn't, you know... We're just not going to have one this year. Oh, man, you know, Akilla Witherspoon, yeah, we're going we're gonna to see year three could be the year things click. You're going to have to have so much depth everywhere. And I'm talking not using all the cap room, but a lot has to be done in this roster and not just draft picks. The Jimmy G trade, they got so lucky that just cost a second-round pick. Obviously, they paid a fortune for him, but... That could have cost a lot more. Or they could be going through growing pains with Josh Allen or someone right now. So they think quarterback is set. Everything else besides O-line is really not set. Every other position group needs to be bolstered. Maybe running back, you can argue, is fine. But maybe not. Will Avion Bell be in play? Potentially. They might have to sign Randall Cobb because he's really the best option. And they have to Allen Robinson it after not getting production that they wanted from wide receiver. They might have to roll the dice and go against what they originally believed about cap money, strategies about acquiring players to the team could have to change. We'll see. If they turn this around and start developing their talent, win a couple games to close the season, that's their goal right now. In Santa Clara, in the building, they're going to try and hit the reset button and say, listen, we can accomplish a couple things. We can go into the offseason not feeling terrible about ourselves. This loss is going to loom large if it turns into a four or five game losing streak. Because you could have stopped the bleeding here. Maybe you play better against the Packers, almost upset them. You you could have salvaged part of the season. And now it looks like it's going to be hard to stop this thing. This is going to be a nosebleed that just becomes your whole face is bloody. They're not going to bring in another quarterback, I guess. Nick Mullins was again the backup this week. I've been calling for them to look at somebody. C.J. Beathard won't get benched unless he's throwing for less than 100 yards here. If he's moving the football and there's 33 first downs and a lot of it is is interceptions, Kyle's not going to move him to the field, to, to the sideline. It reminds me just kind of a poor man's Rex Grossman. That's what C.J. Beathard's ceiling is here. You know, I don't he's never going to Super Bowl with an elite defense in San Francisco, but he is what he is. He's there's gonna be turnovers and sacks and some good plays and some little flashes of toughness and he's a tough SOB and we love him. But most of the time it's gonna be losing football. It's gonna be hard. Every mistake stands out with CJ Beathard. It has to be flawless here. He's not making enough strikes down the field to overcome mistakes, and the mistakes just stand out, especially when your defense can't force any mistakes. 
five turnovers for San Francisco. You know, they got their hands on two interceptions. This game could have been a lot different. Defense played well, held them in front of them. You know, I think David Johnson's overrated. I thought Josh Gordon kind of stunk it up. So they got handed kind of some stuff, but they weren't bad. Frustrating. Frustrating, but at the end of the day, to me, the light is still on at the end of the tunnel. I can see this offense with a number one wide receiver and Kyle turning Jimmy G into a Matt Ryan and they're being a, a top five offense defense. I don't know, but I still believe in, in Kyle. Like I said, I don't even know how to criticize him right now. He is playing with backups on offense. Every position besides the O-line is backups and, and they shouldn't have spent like O-line here. Every decision is getting exposed right now. I think the key point I made, too, about Marcus Peters, Khalil Mack, other teams, the Rams and Bears, went out, made big trades. They're in a good position right now. Also, Chicago drafted Mitchell Trubisky. Not to say that he's better than Jimmy G, but he's on a lot smaller contract. They brought in Taylor Gabriel, Allen Robinson. They're building their football team completely different. They're seeing success right now with a new regime, Matt Nagy. We got to compare Kyle and John Lynch to other regimes that are starting around their time. The Cardinals here, I had my podcast last week. They are still a worse franchise than the 49ers because of some of the dumb decision-making they made. But the 49ers' decision-making, the further it goes into it, doesn't look like it's brilliant. Reuben Foster, George Kittle, Matt Breida, who else is irreplaceable that they've brought on this football team? Richard Sherman, Jimmy G were great acquisitions. They've got five guys there that are irreplaceable. Everyone at receiver is replaceable. You know, Staley, maybe he's not replaceable as a left tackle. The defense is replaceable. They brought in one player on defense who's a different maker in the draft. Reuben Foster. They they had Buckner on this team. They haven't infused enough talent on this roster. Every time we see them play a different team, it's like, oh, yeah, the Cardinals have Redick. The Cardinals have Buda Baker. I mean, and even the Cardinals are starting their Bethes, their Gerald Hodges is too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, it's it's tough every Sunday. The faithful deserves better than this. You guys remain engaged in this content and this team because – this team was in a Super Bowl early in the decade. They've won Super Bowls before. It's going to be a lot longer to get to that mountain. All I can say is it's going to be worth the struggle. Hang in there. Believe in Kyle. Believe in Adam Peters and John Lynch. Can they make the right de- decisions? We don't know. That's that's the key going forward. Kyle can call the right plays. Are the players the right players? He has control of that too. I mean, Kyle has a shit ton on his plate. If there's one big picture thing that they're going to have to reevaluate, do they bring in more of an offensive assistant to game plan? To I, I just don't see Kyle ever giving up that control, but it puts him less in touch with the rest of the team. It makes his personnel decisions. Listen, he, he's, he can't watch as much film as a GM could on all these guys. Like His mind just can't do everything. Not going to lie. I mean, the 49ers were eliminated from the postseason today. We knew that after the Jimmy G loss, but they beat the Cardinals, had some momentum here. What did they split with the Rams and Packers? It's too late now. They're one and four. Locker room knows it too. 
And all of a sudden, that fun place to work that Kyle and John Lynch had built up, it's not so fun to be at when the losses are like this. Remember, year one, even though it's been 2-14 and 14 without that December, year one, a lot of the close losses at the beginning of the season, yes, they were infuriating. It's the same freaking theme here with the shooting themselves in the foot and the drops and the interceptions. The players deserve the blame for this, but at a certain point, Kyle has to answer for all of this. And I mean, he, he'll take all the blame publicly, but like what changes? Is he harder on them? Is there more accountability? Are random people getting cut? It's hard to balance being the fun coach and having everyone buttoned up at all times and knowing, listen, you're asking me out of here. Like, should he made Kendrick Bourne an example and cut him for being late last year to say, hey, we don't fuck around here. I mean, they got rid of Nabarro Bowman when he wasn't on the same page and criticizing them. Like, he was an accomplished player on the field. It just seems like every week, someone has a mistake that's just super huge. And because it's repetitive... Kyle's got to be thinking, how do I correct this? And I think it's more coaching on the field. It's it's more really getting on them harder. I, I don't know. I'm not in the room, but I'm saying Kyle needs to reevaluate why this is happening. Why, is, why do people think that this is allowed? And yes, it's a brain fart. No, they don't mean to do it, but are they not as alert? It it doesn't seem like they're they're flying out there, making all the big plays, especially on defense. Like the energy seems low. The sense of urgency seems low for the 49ers. That's the concerning part. I wouldn't have cared if the loss looked a different way. The Chargers loss, I got on here. Hey, that wasn't bad. Don't be discouraged. Maybe it's not that bad with CJ Beathard. That actually is. It's gonna be inconsistent. He could do Chargers again next week. His stats look good. 340 yards. Trent Taylor actually had his best game of the year. We got to shout him out. When the team stinks like this, guys, we I talk less about the game and more about the big picture. I think you guys know that. And that's how the pod was last season. When Jimmy G was 5-0, and we were talking about every play. That throw on third and three to Kittle in the back of the end zone. like We were breaking down every play. Now it's, it, it's not as fun to break down Pierre Garçon tipped interception CJ Beathard is going to be frustrating most of the year there's going to be a few highs and mostly lows I don't know how Kyle would have gotten another quarterback on the roster that's better than CJ Beathard he he probably wants that though as much as publicly as he's supporting CJ Beathard he wishes he had a better backup than this because at the end of the day CJ is not going to be able to win games for the 49ers everything's going to have to go correct he's going to put up stats and get first downs but people are going to have to make a ton of plays around him. The 49ers aren't there yet. They're not there yet on offense. They're not yet there on defense. 11 games left. Things could change. I'm down on this team right now. This is a bad loss. If you're still defending the regime, like I, I am fully on board. They're not on the hot seat, but this is bad. The players, the depth is bad. The injuries are bad. No Jimmy G is bad, but... At a certain point, you've got to be able to put together a full game here. Even against the Lions, this team could be 0-5 right now. That Jimmy G pick six. There's a phantom penalty really on that. The 49ers got bailed out. The Lions look like a damn good team. They've beaten the Patriots and Packers. 
49ers got lucky there. Jimmy G didn't even play well. Yeah, I mean, again, I said that on Twitter. This team would be struggling. With Jimmy G this season, I think the team goes 6-10. and 10. Maybe 7-9 and nine if some bounces start going their way. We're analyzing what we've seen so far and what I've seen in 2018. I'm discouraged about the 49ers. I'm not encouraged. I'm not writing them off. There's less pieces on this team than we thought. Witherspoon, Colbert, Eric Armstead, Jimmy Ward. There's gaping holes on defense. There's not enough explosive playmakers on offense. Dante Pettis' injury, he's got to come back and help this team. Brita, he's great. It's not enough, obviously. Um, Kittle, he's a top three tight end in the league right now. I mean, that is the biggest win. George Kittle could be the MVP of the team at the end of the season. They give out the Len Eshman Award. They give out all these awards. Kittle stays healthy. He's going to have 1,000 yards. He's probably going to have six, seven, eight touchdowns. He might be in the Pro Bowl. That is a win that you're walking away with in the offseason. Like, okay, the season wasn't totally a waste. We have a freaking amazing tight end for Jimmy G. So that's a bright spot. I think Kyle's play calling has been pretty good despite all of this. The O-line, they invested in him. I think it was a mistake philosophically. And I, Not that I hate McGlinchey. Not that I hate Richburg, but they put all their juice in there, and it's really what what has it done? What has the O line improving the O line done? Nothing, <laughs> absolutely nothing. And Dallas couldn't sustain their O line playing that way either. Like beefing up your O line to be this super world unit. Listen, Seattle's taken the opposite approach of that. They've had a lot more success than Dallas has. There's a lot of different ways to do this. To build a roster in the NFL, the 49ers are not doing the greatest job of it so far. There's holes all over the defense. They injected steroids into the O-line, and those muscles are not leading to wins. That's the major takeaway. KJ Podcast, BlueWirePods.com. Keeping it 300, that's Fallon Smith and James Jones on the Blue Wire Network. They had Derek Carr on the show last week. Really funny, engaging interview. Each of our shows has unique personalities. It's their own bit. Sam and Andy with Warriors Light Years, it's it's its own thing. They're they're like celebrities. I was out at a bar with Andy and Sam. People recognized who they were. I love these guys. Ted, Coffee House Stunt, you're gonna get Raiders analysis, which plays matter. Ted's really good at that. Triple's Alley Report. Ray Woodson's been he's had a player on every week. Joe Panic, Gregor Blanco. He's been getting a little bit of everyone. On his pod. Um, Chase down in Cleveland. We're talking to other podcasters now. I'm putting podcasts like this together on one team. I, I really like what we're building. Give us a listen. I've DM some of you on Twitter. I'm trying to make a grassroots effort. Share these podcasts. Share this with a friend. We're an independent network. We're competing with old media. This is new media. Support us. BlueWirePods.com. Check out our full lineup. KJ Podcast, I am going to talk to you again on Wednesday. It's doom and gloom right now. That's how it goes to the NFL. There's a 24-hour rule. We'll get over it. We'll look at some of the good things that happen. Not feeling so hot about the 49ers right now. They are one of the worst teams in the NFL. They could be picking in the top five. We're probably going to have a draft segment on this show going forward, looking at prospects. That's where we are right now with the Niners. Year two of this regime. Screw these freaking injuries. It's made this season not as watchable, for sure. 
49ers analysis. We will talk to you again middle of the week. KJ Podcast, we're out. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.